What is going on, guys? Welcome to another episode of the Lean365 podcast. So on today's episode, I wanted to talk about the most common questions that I get asked from a nutrition perspective. So this is just a combination of questions that I've been asked probably over the years um, that seems to be the most common ones that people want to know that I just want to give my own take on. So this is going to be more of a quick-fired episode, just attacking these questions And these are probably things that you might have wanted before as well. Maybe you even asked me some of these questions. Um, Hopefully, we've got eight or nine questions here that I just picked out as the most common ones I got. So hopefully, this will bring you guys a little bit of value. Now, hopefully, over the next few months, now I'm back in Dubai, also going to be looking at getting a lot more guests on. So it's been a bit quiet on the guest fronts recently, especially where I've had uh, quite a lot going on. Obviously, I was in Bulgaria for a week for my operation. Then I was back in the UK recovering for six weeks. Um... So whilst I kept up with episodes, it was just more me, which I'm sure for some of you guys isn't a problem. Um, But now I'm back in Dubai, there's a great opportunity for networking out here. And I'm excited to bring some huge guests on the podcast over the next few months. And let's see where we go with that. So anyway, I'm going to get straight into it and go into the top questions I get from a nutrition perspective. So the first one is, should I set my diet up to cut or to bulk first? Now, this is probably the most common question I get. Typically, this is from guys as well that want to get lean they want to get a six pack but at the same time they kind of you look at themselves and they don't really feel they've got much muscle as well so they need to grow muscle as well Um, so it's a kind of difficult scenario to be in this is sometimes the skinny fat scenario as well where typically you're skinny you don't have much muscle um, but also you don't have low body fat too so you know maybe you still have got a little bit of a tummy um, maybe love handles and you just don't have the body composition that you'd want. So which direction should you go in? Now, I would not recommend that you try and do both at the same time. Now, there are a few people, and I say a few, very occasionally someone might come to FitLab and I might recommend a complete body recomposition. And that is where we are really focusing on fat loss and muscle building. But for 99% of people, I would always recommend that you set yourself up to go into a cut first. So you go into a calorie deficit and you lose the body fat that you need to lose. So you get your body fat to more of an optimal position so that you can then start to grow afterwards. Now, by doing that, not only is that going to be a lot more motivating because you're going to reveal your abs, anyone who's got less of a body fat is going to look better than if they had a higher body fat. You're also going to see the areas that are weaker so you know which areas need to work on more in your bulk and the areas that you need to target a little bit more. And also by bringing your body fat down to, for guys around 10 to 12%, for women maybe around 18 to 20%, even up to 24% for girls, basically add on like an extra 10% when we're looking at female body composition to be at a healthy range like guys. That's where you're going to be in a lot more of an optimal state to start building muscle mass. Okay, When I say optimal state, you can build muscle mass from any state. Even if you were massively overweight, you're going to build muscle. However, you're not going to do it in as efficient way. Our body builds muscle a lot more efficiently when we are at a low of a body fat or lower body fat. If we're at too low body fat, it's detrimental. So that's why for guys, typically 10 to 12%. For women, let's say 18 to 22%. That is more of a optimal range to really start building muscle. So this is why I always recommend that you go on a dieting phase first and you get lean. And then from there, you can start to go into a bulk. So in answer to that question, I would set a diet up to go into a dieting phase first. This is what we always do with clients that fit that most of the time. We get them lean, we get their abs coming through. And then after that, we move into a lean bulking phase where we start to look at performance, getting them stronger, getting them increasing lifts, getting them running, getting them fitter. That's when we start to look at the more of the bulking side of things and adding the muscle where they want to grow. So that's that question. What's the best diet for fat loss? This is uh, another very common question I've had a few times. Now, I'm going to answer this by saying there is not a best diet for fat loss. There is not a perfect diet for fat loss. 
It's going to come down to a lot of things like yourself. It's going to come down to your requirements, whether you've got certain dietary requirements, whether you've got certain medical conditions, what your career is like, what your family life is like. There is just no answer to that question that is going to say this is the perfect diet for fat loss. Now, the fundamental for fat loss is a calorie deficit. So unless you are in a calorie deficit, you're never going to lose any weight at all. You are not going to be following a diet and you're not going to lose body fat. Every single diet works off the exact same principle, a calorie deficit, keto, Herbalife, Weight Watchers. These are all ways of putting you in a calorie deficit. So none of them have got this magical power that others don't. They are just ways to make a calorie deficit. So the best diet is the one that you can stick to and the one that you can see yourself following for a year from now, two years from now, three years from now. And that's why diets like the ketogenic diet, Herbalife, Weight Watchers, you know, carnivore diet, whatever it is, it's why these never really are that effective because most people cannot follow these diets forever. If you have a social life, if you, if you have a life, you're probably going to struggle to give up bread for the rest of your life or you know, give up anything nice that has carbs in it. And I'm not speaking for everyone because some people are very successful in a ketogenic diet. Um, however, I just speaking from experience and speaking for clients that I've worked with, I think the most effective diet is the one that you can see yourself following forever for basically forever now there might be certain kind of variations of diets you bring in at certain points for example intermittent fasting is something i think is a very effective way of creating a deficit too so that's a good diet but i wouldn't say that's the best diet for fat loss that is just a diet that i have seen success in that i've also used with clients before to have success but again this is just you know something you can do every now and then it's not a commitment to doing forever Whereas a ketogenic diet is more of a lifestyle. That is like you are keto or you're not keto. You can't just kind of switch in and out of it. Question number three, do you recommend cheat meals? Now, this depends on what you class as a cheat meal. Okay, do I recommend waiting to a Saturday night, having absolutely no idea how many calories you consume, going out and binging on a shitload of pizza, a shitload of burgers, loads of drink and calling it a cheat meal? No, not at all. That is a very detrimental way of fucking up your relationship with food and also making zero progress when it comes to fat loss or probably muscle gain as well. You're going to be very bloated. You're going to get very poor digestion and poor energy, poor moods just from indulging on shit food. Now, it's not to say you can't enjoy fun foods. However, I would not call these cheat meals. Now, clients at FitLab will have what we call a flexi day built into their week where they will specifically have one almost like free meal where it is more of a fun food if they like that. Maybe it is having a drink, but it's still going to be regimented it's still going to be making sure that it's not over the top there's still going to be a good conscious conscious uh you know idea of the calories that are being consumed so i would not classify this as a cheat meal this is an off-plan meal that's actually still disciplined and it's calculated into the week now there are probably like common grounds with a cheat meal and off-plan meals kind of just a play on words however for me there is a clear kind of distinction that cheat meals is just a binge, it's absolutely no idea what you're having. She's going out and it's buying a shitload of food that's gonna make you feel that crap just to say that you're having a cheat meal. So do I recommend this? Absolutely not. I would recommend having potentially one day at the weekend where you do set your calories a little bit higher and kind of knowing how to factor in something more fun like going out for some food or getting a takeaway or having a couple of drinks if that's what you enjoy. So that is the difference. How many calories a day should I be consuming to lose body fat? Okay, so this is a very common question. Now, this is, again, going to kind of depend. It's going to depend on how quickly you want to lose body fat. There is an aggressive way of dieting, and there's a not-so-aggressive way of dieting, and there's a middle ground. So it's going to depend on how quickly you want to lose the body fat. Now, if you want to lose it really quick, you might be thinking, well, of course, I'm going to want to lose it quicker. However, there's a lot of problems with doing this as well. 
potentially poor energy and high appetite, which is not something that you potentially want when you're dieting, um, and muscle loss as well. So you know, if you're dieting really intensely to get as much weight off as possible, there's only a certain amount of body fat you're going to be able to get rid of in an amount of time. So whilst the scales might be going down at a faster pace, you're also going to be losing muscle as well. So that is the disadvantage of a very aggressive deficit. If you go on a slow deficit, then you're probably going to lose you know, very little amounts of muscle, which is good. Appetite is probably going to be fairly high. But it's also kind of probably going to be a bit frustrating at times. You might be thinking, geez, am I even making progress? Scales are going to obviously be coming down at a much slower pace, which for some people, that's okay. However, I would probably say the middle ground approach is going to be the most effective way of looking at this. So this is probably going to be losing a bit of body fat, you know, about 1% of your weight per week, which is what I would recommend. Um, just making sure that you're kind of progressing at more of a middle range. This is going to manage appetite much better. It's going to still see you not losing really any muscle mass at all. Um, and it's just a much more effective way of dieting. Now to calculate this, I'd say roughly 10 to 12 uh, calories per pound of your body weight, roughly, okay? Now you can use a calorie calculator to work this out as well. Now, not all of these are going to be massively accurate, but then really this is only a kind of ballpark number that you are gonna be using. You then need to see as to whether you are losing body fat. So you would essentially give yourself a certain amount of calories, just as I say, work out either 10 to 12 or go on and use a calorie calculator, give yourself a rough number, and then you're gonna see as to whether you actually lose weight, okay? If you are losing weight at around that 1% mark, then I'd probably say your calorie deficit is about right. So that's how we work it. It is a trial and error thing. You don't just decide this is the calories I need to go on and know exactly at the start, okay? You need to kind of try it a little bit and then you can see as to whether that's the correct number. Question number five, how much protein should I be eating? Okay, so this is another very common question based off kind of just working out a few numbers at the start. So protein, I would always say the easiest way to work this out is going to be one gram protein per pound of your body weight, or if you work in kilos, 1.8 to 2.2 grams per kilo of your body weight. Okay, that's roughly how I would work this out. Now, if you are a female, or if you are more overweight and you've got more body fat to lose, and that seems like a really big number, like if you're a 200 pound guy and you're not really consuming much protein at the moment and you're thinking, shit, how the hell am I going to consume 200 grams of protein? Then what you can do is you can work this out on your ideal body weight, okay? So let's say you're a 200 pound guy and you want to be 160 pounds, you want to drop 40 pounds, then maybe just aim for 160 grams of protein because that's going to be a more realistic number for you to be able to achieve. Um, or you can work out 0.8 grams per, per pound of your body weight. So what we're thinking about there is just reducing that number a little bit more. So ideally, we want to be working up as much protein in the diet as we can in terms of that one. That's probably you don't need to go higher than that because this is going to help with satiety. It's going to help you get less cravings. It's the most important macronutrient in a diet. So we want to be consuming high protein, but you don't want it to be an overwhelming number that then just sees you failing completely because you feel like you're not even getting close to it. So you just set something that's realistic. Okay, so question number six. What should I eat before I train? Now, this is going to depend a little bit, and it's also going to kind of lead nicely into the next question. So it depends on when you train. Now, if you train, not train in the morning, should I say, if you don't train first thing, then I would definitely consume some food before you train. So you wanna be trying to train, you wanna be trying to consume a high protein meal, um, a moderately high carb meal as well, and kind of a lowish fat meal. You can get a little bit of fats in there, but you wanna keep the fats a little bit low pre-workout. Now, what this is gonna mean is that push your body into more of an anabolic state because you're consuming high protein, which is good, like, you know, for muscle protein breakdown and, for just making sure that that workout is gonna be a little bit more optimal by getting protein in before you train. Also means there's not a massive need for you to get protein in directly after you train as well, is if you've eaten a good protein meal before, the chance of needing it straight after your workout is pretty minimal. 
But carbohydrates are going to fuel us with energy because carbs are fuel for 99% of us that are in a ketogenic state. Carbs are going to provide us energy. So you need to be making sure you're consuming a high amount of carbs before you train or a moderately high amount of carbs because essentially you need to have a good level of workout intensity whilst you're in the gym. And if you're not consuming the correct or enough carbs, you are going to struggle and you might crash a little bit with your training. So you need to be getting a decent amount of carbs. Now, where these carbs come from, you generally want to be consuming good sources of carbohydrates. You don't want to be having like a packet of crisps or, you know, like a bowl of cereal is actually not too bad. But you probably want to put some fats in there so that it slightly sort of slows down the digestion of that. My go-to meal before I train would probably be something like a bowl of oats. They, for me personally, they digest very well. Um, I would also have maybe something like a bagel is a good meal because it's also for some of you that are at work and you want to have something that's on the go and you can just take with you. A jam bagel or a peanut butter bagel, something like that can be a very good thing to help. Or if you train and you kind of want to have something that's going to digest even faster, even just a piece of fruit and a protein shake, fantastic pre-workout meal. Because if you have this, you can probably go and train about an hour or so, or even less than that, maybe 45 minutes. Whereas if you have a more of a substantial meal, so like a chicken and rice or some oats, you're probably going to want to wait at least 90 minutes to even two hours before you train so that that digests properly. So that's what I'd be having before I train. Now, on to the next question, which leads nicely. Should I eat if I train first thing in the morning? No, I wouldn't. Unless you train, I don't know, maybe like nine, 10 o'clock, you know, you could probably get away with having a bowl of oats or cereal or yogurt or something like that before. Um, but even if you train at that time, I probably will would still say fasting is an okay option for that because it just means you're going to then be able to push a lot of your calories back to the later part of the day. So there is absolutely nothing wrong with training on an empty stomach. In fact, I would actually highly advise this to all of my clients that personally train before work. I would not recommend that they try and get you know a large amount of calories or even a small amount of calories down before they train unless they sometimes feel a bit sick or it's just they've always been used to training or exercising with food. I would probably just tell them to implement a little bit of a fast because unless you were to get up even earlier, which is then going to disrupt your sleep, and I mean like an hour probably before you actually get up in the morning if you are an early trainer, then you know, you're not going to digest that food. You're not going to digest that meal, which means that the, the meal is going to be sat on you whilst you're training, which is going to be really uncomfortable. You're potentially going to get bloated, feel a bit sick. It's just not really something that I would say is worthwhile when you can just eat afterwards. So if you are training first thing, we need to really remember that your pre-workout meal is going to be coming from the night before. So what I mean by that is the meal that you have before bed is probably going to be the meal you're going to be training off because you're not going to be eating before you train first thing. So that means that you need to go back to what I said in the previous question and eat a meal that is going to actually hit the parameters of high protein, high carbohydrates, and you want to get a moderate amount of fats in there. So I didn't cover this in the last thing, but the reason why we want to get a little bit of fat in that meal is because that fats slow down the digestion of food. So if you just go for a really high carb option and protein, then essentially you could crash a little bit because your blood sugar levels are going to start to potentially drop a little bit as that carbohydrate uh, you know starts to leave your system a little bit glucose whereas if you have fats it's going to slow down generally the way that that meal is digested which means that your blood sugar level is going to be a bit more stable now you don't need to worry about this too much but when i say fats you know this can be having a bit of dark chocolate before you go to bed a bit of peanut butter with protein yogurt bowl some avocado some cheese if you have i don't know like a chili bolognese um, some olive oil if you have something that involves cooking with olive oil, you know, this is just an option for getting in some good quality fats before you go to bed, something to consider. 
So that's what my idea would be if I was training first thing in the morning. I would definitely implement a bit of a fast and I would just hydrate properly first thing, get some caffeine on board, drink plenty of water and you will be absolutely good to go. Next question, and we're almost at the end now. We've got two more questions left. Are meal plans good or are meal plans bad? Now this is a common one and this is a bit of a dodgy topic in the fitness industry. I couldn't think of the word then. Because some coaches will tell you how bad meal plans are and how you should never follow a meal plan because you're not going to know what to do afterwards and you can't eat the same foods every day for the rest of your life. And then there's some coaches that just give you the most boring, blandest meal plan ever and just go, here's your food, this is what you need to eat, go and eat it. Okay, so I would actually say that there are similar, there are things that I would agree with in both of those scenarios, okay? So I'm not for, again, for or against meal plans. I think there's advantages and I think there's disadvantages of both. One thing I do think is at the start of most people's fitness journey that don't have a huge degree of knowledge when it comes to nutrition, which most people don't, which is, you know, sometimes why they decide to get a coach and invest in themselves, is that I would recommend you follow some form of structure. And that doesn't mean you follow a really strict meal plan, but I think having a structure of the foods you're going to be consuming at the start, provided they're the foods you actually like as well, they're not foods you've been told you have to eat, I think that's going to be very effective. It takes away the guessing game, it stops you from having to make choices all the time and make decisions and get decision fatigue and not really know what to have. It means that you've got a good structure you can follow, which is going to allow you to get the right types of foods in, hit your calories, hit your protein, with it becoming effortless. So I do think a meal plan at the start is very effective. Now, what I think over time is that there should be some options with that meal plan. I don't think you should have the same exact foods daily if that doesn't work for you. I think you should have a couple of options, potentially around the meal, uh, evening time meal where you've got maybe eating with friends and family. So you want to be able to enjoy a bit more variation. I think that's when it can be a bit more effective to start having a few food swaps here and there. I think over time, as you start to get kind of deeper into your journey of transforming your physique, provided you're doing it the right way, and potentially with the right person as well in your corner, then you're going to be able to manage nutrition and understand nutrition much better. So you're probably not going to need to follow a meal plan forever because there'll become a point where you understand it well enough for you to not need to. So I think at the start, meal plans can be effective. I think over time, they're not as necessary. But I still think every now and then you can go back to them. So like me, for example, when I'm out here in Dubai, I pretty much follow a meal plan because to me, food is not really something I take huge enjoyment with unless I'm going out for food. Of course, if I'm going out for food in Dubai, there are you know hundreds of restaurants I'm going to enjoy if I'm getting takeaways from incredible places. But if I'm sat here on, on my own in my flat and I'm working and I'm training, which I've just, just got back to, which is pretty good feeling, then for me, food is just fuel and it's just you know making sure it's hitting my goals both personally and you know professionally with my job as well. I want to feel good. I want to have a lot of energy. I want to have good moods. So for me, I just eat the same foods because it's easy. It's less decision fatigue for me to make and I follow a meal plan. However, that is not practical for everyone. I'm not speaking on everyone's level. For some people, that is not practical at all. So I think it comes down to you as a person. I think it comes down to what you feel like would work best for you. And it also comes down to the knowledge that you have within nutrition as well. Last question. What should I eat when I go out when I'm dieting? Okay, so kind of eating out in general, which is a bit of a difficult one for people to get their head around because people kind of think that when they go out, they should just have a chicken salad or they should just skip the meal completely and just have, you know, I don't know, nothing at all, just have a coffee. You know, I've had clients that have been in that situation. Um, I've also had clients that have worked with me like previously and have told me that, you know, they would have the worst option probably on the menu when they tell me what they're having. They're like, oh, this isn't too bad, is it? I'm like, yeah, you know, 
an Indian curry is probably not fantastic. Um, so I think there is definitely a sweet spot with the foods you can have, which is still very, very, very enjoyable that probably aren't going to set you back too much from a calorie perspective, you know, from a potentially from an energy perspective, from a digestion perspective as well. If you consume poor quality food, you're probably going to have, you know, a lot of bloating and a lot of gas the next day, which is probably what sometimes we want to avoid. So there's probably going to be some better options. Now, this is probably a full topic for another podcast, so I'm not going to go into too much detail here. But generally, when we're looking at eating out, probably try and have the rule of two in place. So that would be either have, you know, two out of the following. So drinks, starter, main, dessert. Now, you cannot have all four if you're on a diet because you are probably going to completely smash the calories that you've been consuming for that day. I think two is a sensible option. So if you absolutely love drinking and you want to have a couple of drinks, then have a couple of drinks, have a main course, and maybe just, you know, have a sort of bread basket or something like that. Or you could probably get away with sharing a dessert depending on your size and your calorie allowance. But generally, you're gonna pick two. If you're not bothered about drinking, you're like, no, don't wanna drink, coming off that, you know, I wanna get in the absolute shape of my life, alcohol is only gonna be a detriment. I admire that mentality. Maybe just have a starter and a main, or a main and a dessert if you've got a massive sweet tooth, okay? So generally, when you're dieting, I think choosing two out of those four options is probably the best thing to do. So just to save back on food and to save on calories. I also think that choosing options that don't contain massive gloopy and thick sauces are is better as well. So, you know, Chinese, Indians, katsu curries, these foods are very nice, don't get me wrong. And if you're not in a dieting phase and you've got a lot more calories to your end, then by all means consume these foods. But if you are trying to lose weight and you are trying to be more conscious of food and calories, then these are probably not the best options because they've got a lot of hidden oils and spices and just generally the sauces that have got a lot of calories in them. So that's something that I would try and avoid if possible. If you are going to a, an Indian, maybe get like the tandoori mixed grill, which doesn't always have as much sauces, but it's just, you know, it's just marinated chicken breasts, which is a good option. Um, also try and avoid foods that are battered or crispy or buttered or I don't know, like any of those like really nice terms that they use to describe food. <laughs> try and avoid foods like that deep fried. That's another one. That's a classic. These, again, will probably lead to very appealing meals and foods. However, when it comes to calories and not consuming processed foods and fats, too much fat, I would try and consume uh, try and consume less of these foods. Okay, It's not that you have to be boring, but just be aware that these foods will have more calories in them, which is going to make losing weight more difficult. And as I say, this is strictly around dieting. This question is around what should I eat when I'm dieting, okay? That's when we're in a fat loss phase. If you're at maintenance and you've got through your dieting phase and you are happy with your physique and your calories are in a good place, or you know, you're in a performance phase and you're looking to really add muscle and your calories are getting are quite high, you can be a lot more lenient with eating out because you've got more food in your corner, which means your, your body is needing more food. You're in a performance phase. Your metabolism is probably in a better place than if you're in a dieting phase. Okay, so it depends where you're at on your journey as to the kind of decisions that you have to make when you go out. And that's kind of my take on, on the eating outside of things, but I will probably do another podcast on that exact topic, especially as we're coming up to summer now as well. And there's probably gonna be a lot more social events and eating out and barbecues and holidays and things to be aware of, which is important to know how to navigate these things if you wanna stay in shape and get in shape or the other way around, get in shape and stay in shape. Anyway, guys, that is all I've got for you today. So actually a little bit longer than what I was expecting, hitting about 24 minutes now. Um, but hopefully that's been useful. Those are the kind of biggest nutrition questions that I get asked. So I just wanted to kind of shed a bit of a light on those. 
Um, I'm also going to do a similar type of podcast over the next few weeks on the training side of things as well. So the top training questions I get asked, I'm going to go into a bit of detail on that as well. So I hope you found this useful. If you have, share it to your story, tag myself, uh, Chris underscore FitLab. Make sure you do a podcast, a five-star review if you are enjoying it and you are enjoying the episode. I would massively appreciate that. And guys, I'll catch you in the next episode.